Kyle Hamilton of Notre Dame is one of the most controversial prospects among Jets fans in the upcoming NFL Draft. Few doubt his ability, few doubt his potential, but there are questions about the value of the position he plays. Could the Jets justify drafting a safety in the top 10? I'll tell you what I think on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is the final day of March, Thursday, March 31st, 2022, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. And I thank you for making this show your first listen or your first watch every day. Locked On Jets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. If you happen to be watching on YouTube and like what you see, please give this episode a thumbs up. It helps other Jets fans find this channel. As I mentioned, it is the final day of March in 2022, which means the NFL Draft is just a few weeks away. It's an exciting time to be a Jets fan. The team has two top 10 picks virtue of their own struggles in 2021, along with the Jamal Adams trade and Seattle's struggles in 2021. And on today's show, we're going to talk about Kyle Hamilton of Notre Dame. And this is not going to be a scouting report episode. I may do one on him later, where we'll talk about what Kyle Hamilton does well and what he doesn't do well. The reason we're talking about Kyle Hamilton is the position that he plays. He's a safety. And there's a lot of debate among the Jets fan base about whether or not this team could justify drafting a safety high in the first round because safety is viewed as a relatively low value position. I think there are some pros. I think there are some cons. And my view on this is a little bit more nuanced than the people saying definitely or no way would I ever draft a safety. And I'll explain to you what I mean. But before I get to that, I think there has to be a disclaimer here because when we're talking about drafting a safety in the top 10, it's kind of a loaded topic among Jets fans because of something that happened five years ago. And I don't need to tell you if you've been a Jets fan for five years or longer. That topic is the Jets drafted a safety in the top 10 five years ago. It's Jamal Adams, who happens to be the reason that the Jets have two top 10 picks this year, because they made a trade a couple of years ago with Seattle, and they got Seattle's first-round picks for two, two seasons. Last year, they used that first-round pick to trade up for Elijah Vera Tucker. This is the second year where the Jets will have Seattle's first-round pick. And Jamal Adams is a very controversial figure in the Jets fan base. Let's put it that way. We'll put it that way. Jamal Adams is a very controversial figure because his tenure with the Jets was kind of rocky. Not so much for his play on field, but more because of the way he forced himself out of town. That's the only way you could put it. Adams did not want to be here. He was very vocal about that. He made himself very unpopular in the fan base as a result. And the Jets traded him to Seattle. And too frequently, I think, when the discussion is about Kyle Hamilton... People aren't really talking about Kyle Hamilton. They're talking about Jamal Adams. And I have to tell you today, Jamal Adams should have zero to do with your final conclusion. Listen, you may conclude that the Jets should not draft a safety in the top 10. Jamal Adams should have zero to do with that. Jamal, I would say Jamal Adams should have less than zero to do with it, but you can't really, he can't really have less than zero to do with it. Zero is about the lowest he can get. Jamal Adams is a different player from Kyle Hamilton. You know, this is a, when people say, well, look what happened with Jamal Adams. So you can't draft Kyle Hamilton in the, the top 10. 
that's kind of like the cousin of the argument, like you can't draft the quarterback from Ohio State or you can't draft the receiver from that school or whatever. That's always a really bad argument because every player is individual. You know, was there ever a great quarterback out of Texas Tech before Patrick Mahomes? No. So, you, in fact, Texas Tech was a school that was famous for producing extremely prolific college quarterbacks, statistically speaking, and guys who really weren't even quality backups in the NFL. So, and I could go through example by example. I mean, who who was the last great, great quarterback at Texas Tech before Mahomes? There was none. Just because guys have failed at a, from a certain school before doesn't mean that the next guy will. You have to scout individual prospects. You can't scout the school. And the same thing goes for the for certain positions. You know, just because Jamal Adams happened to be a safety and the Jets drafted him, that doesn't mean every safety the Jets draft will turn out to be like Jamal Adams. And there's another aspect to this. And there's a reason I mentioned Mahomes is that, is that because the Jets famously passed on Mahomes to draft Jamal Adams. And I think that that has led people to believe that the Jamal Adams pick was worse than it really was. Jamal Adams was a very successful pick. And there's this idea that Jamal Adams was a, the pick of Jamal Adams was a failure. Now, listen, if you could do that draft over again, of course you pick Mahomes. There's no question about that. Jamal Adams was not the best possible player the Jets could have picked at that spot. But that was not a failure. This was not a bad pick. This was not a situation where the Jets drafted John Ross, who the Bengals picked that year. He was on the board when the Jets were there. If the Jets had picked John Ross, that would have been a complete failure. And I think this goes back to one of the issues I think sometimes we have analyzing the Jets. We view that the the reason the Jets are bad are, is that the first-round picks who are good aren't as good as you want them to be, or they're not the optimized pick. You know, Leonard Williams or Quinnen Williams are good examples of that, where these are guys who are good players, and people kind of have the idea that because these guys aren't great players, that's the reason the, the Jets are bad. Well, really, the Jets are bad more because they pick guys like Christian Hackenberg and Devin Smith in the second round, or Ardarius Stewart in the third round. It's The Jets' issues partially have been about the first round. I mean, you have guys like Darren Lee, not all of their first, but Sam Darnold obviously did not work out. But it's not really the guys like Quinn and Williams or Leonard Williams because they're good and not great. And it's not really Jamal Adams because they could have picked a great quarterback instead. The Jets' issues are more the other guys. And yeah, listen, again, I, I'll go back to this. Mahomes would have been the right pick, but I don't think you can look at Jamal Adams and say this pick was a failure. So Because at the end of the day, it wasn't everything you wanted Ideally, Jamal Adams would have been here for 12 years, spent his whole career here, built a Hall of Fame resume, and left as one of the great Jets to ever play. Obviously, things did not work out that way. And Jamal Adams was largely responsible for that. The Jets had some responsibility, too. But he was here three years. He made the All-Pro team twice. And he was traded for two first-round picks and a third-round pick. That's not failure. I mean, even though he did not last here that long, even though he was gone relatively early, even though he only lasted three years, this was not a complete bust. Let's compare that to the other to the guy who was picked the year before Jamal Adams. That that was Lee, Darren Lee. He lasted here three years too. Jets got a late round pick in return. You, no, you don't want to be trading your guys after a couple of years, but the Jamal Adams trade was not based on performance. Jamal Adams was a very good player for the Jets, arguably a great player for the Jets. Arguably, I mean, I think if you look back to that 2019 season, he may have been the reason they weren't as bad as they were. You know, in 2020, the year after he left, they were 2-14. and 14. 
they were seven and nine in twenty nineteen, which was you know kind of a mirage when you look at the schedule they played, and it wasn't really indicative of the team actually being that good. But Jamal Adams had a big impact on those wins in twenty nineteen. I mean, he may you could argue he may have been the biggest difference between them being two and fourteen in twenty twenty and seven and nine in twenty nineteen. So Jamal Adams was a good player, and even if Jamal Adams was a complete bust, though, I still don't think it really adds up to saying you can't draft a safety in the early round, at the top of the first round. Because you wouldn't say we can't draft a quarterback because Mark Sanchez was a bust or Sam Darnold was a bust. You would never say that at another position. You would never say we can't draft a tackle because a certain player was a bust. You'd never say we can't draft an edge rusher because Vernon Gold. I mean, the Jets have not drafted an edge rusher early in a very long time, but the last time they did was 2008, Vernon Golston. Now, if you think, do you think that the Jets, because Vernon Golston was a bust, should swear off ever drafting an edge rusher again in the first round? I do not think that that's very logical. I don't think that that would be a very good idea. So I think that there is this memory of everything happening with Jamal Adams, and this is like used to make the decision. And quite frankly, what happened with Jamal Adams is irrelevant to the, the discussion going forward. He's not here anymore. We know what went down. He wasn't even that bad of a pick. That's really not part of the calculus, or it should not be part of the calculus. And I don't think the Jets are really going to factor it into their decision their decision making. There are some things they should consider, however. And there are plenty of reasons where I think drafting a safety early under the right circumstances could make sense for the Jets. And I'll explain what those are on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast as we continue on this Thursday. Of course, it's the NFL offseason. There are no games to bet on right now, but college basketball has determined its top teams for the Final Four, and the national champion will be determined over the next few days. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, Bet Online remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the league this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. And even though there are no NFL games to bet on, you can still wager on NFL, on certain aspects of the NFL. The Jets currently have pretty long Super Bowl odds at BetOnline, 200-1. to 1, So if you really believe the Jets are going to improve their team through the draft and have a dream run through the 2022 season, BetOnline has you covered. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you again for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and this is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day, Monday through Friday. If you're new to the show, welcome. Hope you enjoy what you see or hear. If you're on YouTube and like this episode, please give it a thumbs up. It helps the channel out, and it helps other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Today, our focus is Kyle Hamilton, and it's not so much a scouting report episode. We may have one of those in the weeks ahead. It's more a question of whether or not the Jets should even be interested in this player, either four or 10 in the first round, because there's a school of thought that you should not draft a safety high because in the NFL, positions are not equal. There are simply some positions that are more valuable than others. And safety is viewed as a relatively low value position. So does does this mean you can absolutely rule the safety out? I would say no. And there are a couple of reasons why I would say you cannot rule a safety out. The first is that, listen, I think if you follow the NFL, you know that a great safety can have an impact. Positions may not be equal, but that doesn't mean that positions lack impact players, guys who change the game. 
And if you've watched the NFL through the years, you can remember guys like, and safeties come in different varieties. You have your guys who just take away the middle of the field, like an Earl Thomas or an Ed Reed way back when. You have your guys who are more destructive near the line of scrimmage, like a Troy Polamalu. And, and, you know, in today's game, there are plenty of great safeties out there. And really, the NFL draft, and I've talked about this a lot on the show over the last couple of weeks, the NFL draft is not simply about plugging up the weakest positions on your team, although safety's got some issues with the Jets right now. Whitehead was a good signing. Jordan Whitehead signing from Tampa Bay, I think that was a good signing. But the other spot's kind of shaky. LaMarcus Joyner only played a handful of snaps last year, really hasn't played safety since 2018. And behind him is Ashton Davis, a guy who really just does not look like a starting caliber player for this team. So, so it is a need, but it's not just about it being a need. The NFL draft is really about finding guys who are going to be core players for your team, especially in the first round, guys who are going to be high-end players. And over the long run, yeah, maybe this year you may say, I need this position, I need that position. And listen, I do think that one of these two picks needs to go to receiver. I'm not changing my mind on that. But it's really as much as anything about finding guys who are going to be impact players for your team for a long time. And at the end of the day, you're not going to care as much about where those guys play. Now, I know this was a second-round pick, but I go back to... 2017 when the Jets drafted uh, Jamal Adams and Marcus May in the first two rounds. And I remember there was a very popular sentiment among Jets fans, especially after the May pick, that it doesn't matter if this guy turns out to be a great player. Drafting a safety in the first two rounds is bad. It's just bad business. It doesn't matter. This pick's a failure. There's really nobody who feels that way now. And I think sometimes we, we focus a little bit too much on the short run and we don't focus on how things actually play out in the long run. It's very rare that a player turns out to be good and you, years later, five, ten years later, look back and say, that was a bad pick because it wasn't an immediate need for our team. It's just not how it works. It's hard enough finding quality players in the NFL draft. It's even tougher to, like, find a guy at a specific position, which, again, I think the Jets are going to have to do it receiver this year just because of the way things have lined up, but it's really tough to do, and it makes your odds of missing much greater. You have to draft the board that's there. You can't draft the board that you wish was there because, listen, the Jets have the 10th overall pick. I looked I looked this up over the last 25 years. You know, you think you're getting an elite player at 10? Less than one out of three players over the last 25 years drafted at 10 have even made one Pro Bowl. So if you're, if you're narrowing the field even more by saying, you know, we can't draft at a certain position, you're really limiting your options. And I'll, you know, I'll go back to this example. What if the Jets had drafted John Ross in 2017? I know Jamal Adams did not have the ending we wanted him to have, but it certainly was better than drafting a guy who was a complete bust, even if that bust happened to play a quote-unquote more premium position. And this is another problem with the draft, is that we think of these guys in generic terms. We think of this guy as like Joe left tackle or, you know, Joe safety. You know, we just think of these guys as, generic players at their position and the first round pick is a generic star in the making so we think of this as like well we could get this generic we could get this guy who's gonna be a star defensive end or we can get this guy who's gonna be a star safety well it's not always the case sometimes the defensive end ends up not being that good of a player and the safety turns into a star and a perfect example this is a little, little while back this was 20 years ago in the nfl draft the jets had were kind of in a similar situation they were picking a little bit deeper in the first round this was not in the top 10 but they had the choice between a defensive end and a safety. So your mindset might be, well, first round, we always take the defensive end. You always take the defensive end over the safety. 
well, what if I told you that the defensive end they, that they drafted was Brian Thomas and the safety they passed on was Ed Reed? Does that change your thinking a little bit? I, I think it should. And the other mindset is that, well, you can just draft a safety. You can just draft a safety in the second round. Well, the Jets did that that year because they had a needed safety. So mindset was, well, okay, defensive ends a premium position. So we'll draft Brian Thomas. We can get a safety in the second round. They drafted John McGraw that year. So you probably have one of two reactions. If you have been a Jets fan less than 20 years, you might say, who's John McGraw? And that's kind of the point. If you've been a Jets fan longer than 20 years, you remember John. You wish you forgot John McGraw. You wish you didn't remember John McGraw. You wish you didn't remember passing on Ed Reed to take Brian Thomas and then later John McGraw. So it's not that simple. I think sometimes we, we make these players g- generic players. We think you, no matter what you're, you're choosing between star and not star, you have to do your evaluations. A star safety is going to be better than a guy who's not an impact player at a different position. I mean, look at the guy, the guy the Jets just dra- uh, signed, Solomon Thomas. There's really going to be a depth player on this team. I know for all of the issues with Jamal Adams, you know, he's not a popular player in this fan base. There's no question San Francisco would have been better served if they drafted Jamal Adams. Now, they would have been even better served if they drafted Patrick Mahomes. But the 49ers, if you're looking back on, even though it would not have been a premium player, they would have been better off taking the guy who turned into a star safety than the guy who ended up really doing nothing for them on the defensive line. So these are things to consider. I think there are certainly scenarios where drafting a safety early makes sense. But that doesn't mean that I view the safety position as equal to prospects at other positions. I think that you have to be careful. I think there are other factors that go into consideration. And I think that there might be a higher threshold for drafting a safety than there are at other positions. And I'll explain what I mean by that as we close out this Thursday episode of Locked On Jets. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Thursday. We're talking about the concept of drafting a safety in the first round and Indirectly, this is kind of about Kyle Hamilton of Notre Dame. It's not a scouting report on Kyle Hamilton. It's more a theoretical analysis of whether or not the Jets should even consider drafting this guy. I'm not saying the Jets need to draft Kyle Hamilton. I think that there are plenty of great prospects available. I'm not saying the franchise is doomed if they don't draft Kyle Hamilton. I'm not even saying Kyle Hamilton's necessarily the absolute right pick for this team. I'm not saying he's the best pick. I'm just saying... Maybe the Jets should consider drafting him. Maybe the fact he's a safety doesn't mean we immediately rule him out. That said, I think there's an argument to be made, and it's one that I agree with, that there needs to be a higher threshold for drafting a safety than there does, than exists at a different, more premium type of position. And what do I mean by that? Well, there are certain positions where if you draft a guy in the top 10, and even he, he may not live up to your expectations, but he's still kind of worth it. He's still he's still a guy who makes a big difference. And let, let me give you an example of what I mean by that. Let's talk about the receiver position and compare it to safety. The guy who was number 15 in receiving yards this year in the NFL at the receiver position, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin's an excellent player. I don't think anybody questions that Chris Godwin makes a difference. Chris Godwin's a game-changing player. Who's the 15th best, best safety in the NFL? I mean, you could have a lot of debates. You know, I went through various lists. I looked through numbers. And, you know, a guy who could come to mind would be Jimmy Ward of the 49ers. Now, Jimmy Ward's an excellent player, but I think there's not much question that Chris Godwin changes the game a little bit more than Jimmy Ward. And there's a financial aspect to this as well. There are 15 wide receivers in the NFL making at least $16 million a year. 
there are only 12 safeties in the NFL making at least $10 million a year. So again, receiver, you got 15 guys making $16 million. Safety, you only have 12 guys making $10 million. And the finances do come into play here because one of the benefits of the first-round pick, especially the high first-round pick, is that you have a chance to get a great player at a reduced cost because you, I mean, you saw some of the prices players were going at in free agency. It's very expensive to buy talent on the open market. When you draft a player, you get them at a cost-controlled rate, which is a discount if the player's a star-level player for four years. And a lot of that discount goes away when you draft a player at a position where the salaries aren't as high. And that's kind of the issue the Giants are having with Saquon Barkley. Is when, the, when they drafted Saquon Barkley second overall, he immediately was in the upper echelon of running back uh, salaries in the league because second overall pick gets a salary that's pretty low if you're talking about like a really valued position like quarterback, but it's pretty high at a position where guys don't get paid like running back. So that these things all come into play. If you're drafting a safety early, I think what it comes down to is when you're talking finances, when you're talking impact, if he's truly a great safety, he's going to be worth the pick. But there's not as much margin for error. You don't need a wide receiver to necessarily be the greatest wide receiver. You don't need him to be like a top five player to justify the pick at the receiver position because you could get a guy like Chris Godwin, who's still a big-time impact player, even though he's not at the top, top of the league. He's not in the DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams category. If you draft a safety early... Again, there are only 12 safeties making $10 million. It's not that hard to find a quality safety out there. It feels like there's always, like, in, once we get to June, July, there's always some competent safety out there who's still available because he's coming off an injury or something or he overplayed his hand in the market. And you can usually get a guy like that for cheap. So impact players are impact players no matter what position they play. And if you get an impact safety, then that's great. But if you miss, even if you slightly miss, even if you get a guy who's just good, it's really not worth the early pick. So I think the threshold has to be higher. I think you have to be more sure that this guy's going to be great. And this has to be like a special prospect. It has to be like a transcendent safety prospect. And I'm going to say this. It's, if your evaluation, if you've evaluated Kyle Hamilton, and this goes for you, it goes for the Jets. If you've evaluated him and said, this is not a special safety prospect. He's overrated. I don't like his skill set. I don't like how he's going to translate. That's one thing. I'm not talking about that today. We'll talk about that in a later episode. What I'm talking about today is the idea that because no matter how good he is, we can't draft a safety. That I don't agree with, but there are caveats there. I'm not saying that you... I, I probably fall somewhere in between. I'm not saying you immediately rule out a safety because he's a safety, but I don't think you view safety prospects on the same plane as you would like an edge rusher or a wide receiver. I think there's a middle ground there where you can still do it, just acknowledge that the threshold is higher because the what you need to, for the, a pick to be successful is different. So that, I think there's a little bit of nuance in this discussion that gets lost, and that's how I view it. But that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it. Leave it a five-star review if you're listening on a podcast source, and please thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. It helps out the channel, and it helps other Jets fans find this podcast. Have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week.